So we're here with Miley Flanagan, actress and voice of Naruto and from the Naruto animated TV series. Good afternoon in California. Good afternoon. How are you guys doing? We're doing we're doing quite well. It's very cold in Japan, but we're handling it. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it really cold there right now? It, it it does get cold, but not as cold as maybe the northeast of the United States. It snowed once, and the people in Japan panicked. It was like it was mass panic when there was snow. <laughs> it it just feels much colder because the houses over here have no insulation. So yeah, that, that sounds like the houses here in California. <laughs> oh no! But yeah. People, it rains here and people panic. <laughs> <laughs> well, we always kind of get off to the same start with every interview. It's a logical place to start. So what what were your goals and your influences that led you to start your career? Wow. Well, you know, I never thought I'd be an actor, um, to be honest. I um, When I went to college, I studied poli-sci and math. And uh, at Boston College, and um, I joined an improv troupe. And then after college, I kept going with the improv group, and and um, so that you know, I that just kind of spiraled from there. I kind of fell into acting. Uh, I, I I always wanted to be something else, not an actor. But that being said, my influences were always you know um, like the funny people from you know Second City and. Um, SNL and Carol Burnett and mm-hmm. um, and all all those folks. So and and they still are, you know, they still are. So I'd say those were my influences. And how did you end up in the voice acting s- sphere of acting? Because it's almost kind of it's its own niche. I feel like. Oh, it definitely is. Um, it's one that a lot of actors try to break into that they don't necessarily succeed at because it's a smaller circle and it is hard to break in um i broke in when i moved to la my my agent who's still my agent uh pat brady uh who was my on-camera agent with a different agency um said you know you should really do voiceovers with that weird little voice of yours and (laughs) at that time she was doing on camera but she had been a voiceover agent for a long time in the past so she um said go to this class and this class this class do your demo with sue blue and then you'll start working, and that's exactly what I did. And then she became a, the head of voiceover at that agency, and then when she moved to a big agency here called CESD, she took me with her. Um, and and that's that's how I did it. That's how I broke in. Sounds like a good agent. She is, uh, I mean, I really credit her with, all, you know, all my success as a voice actor. Um, she's just incredible. And then her colleagues at the, the agency, CESD, that I'm with, they, I mean, first of all, they're huge. So they get, they get everything. So I audition a ton, and that helps. You know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people when they don't get the opportunity, they may be great, but if they don't have the right representation or any representation, you'll never know. Mm-hmm. So I'm very thankful for them and for her. I, I think I know about three thousand anime fans that would like to be put in touch with your agent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say good luck to them. <laughs> She told me once, because uh, I asked, because I wanted to, I was teaching a class, and I said, I want to know how many people you take at your agency, and she said she gets, sometimes they get 10,000 submissions a month. Wow. Oh, my. And of those submissions, wow. 
sometimes they'll only take three new people a year. Yeah. That is some poor intern's job. <laughs> yeah, that's a terrible, terrible job to have. So <laughs> I wouldn't want to listen to every submission, you know? No. But, but, that, means no. but that means you're the best of the best then. So well, three out three out of ten thousand is is a pretty small number. Yeah, but I didn't. She took me with her, so I I don't count myself in that category. Oh, okay. I had special privilege. I I, I was lucky. <laughs> I, I was lucky. That's what I count myself as. I always I always find it amazing how show showbiz is is such a a crazy industry, and I always find it amazing when I hear everyone's story how much just luck is involved. Not to oh, even yeah. say people aren't talented, but just how right place, right time really ends up c- coming in at the end of the day. Oh, absolutely. And um, and as much as people say sometimes it's who you knew, know, sometimes it is who you know. You, know um, you might get an audition just because a writer remembered you from a show that you did 10 years ago. Um, and that's how you even get in the room. And then you still have to prove it usually in, in general. And I find... In voice acting, uh, that's the case. I mean, I don't really meet um, bad voice actors. Like, people that are working, there are bad TV actors and bad movie actors that work all the time. But in voice acting, the acting the acting part of it is so solid, you know? Mm-hmm. Because Speaking- it really shows if you're a really awful actor. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is very, very true. And, and speaking of, as, as you've kind of mentioned you've been in a number of of tv shows and movies and oh, yeah. all kinds of productions so as, aside from the obvious difference it, that in one you are actually on camera and the other you're only doing voice how does does tv acting or movie acting differ from from voice acting and and how is the the preparations and the, and the challenges of both different well, I have to say, well, besides the obvious that you're not on camera, you don't have to prepare and get an hour or two, an hour and a half of makeup and all that stuff. Um, you know, on the one hand, it's easier because you're reading your copy. You don't have to memorize pages and pages and pages of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a way, that's easier. And also in, in movies, they move quite slowly generally. Independence might move a little fast, but when you're in a big studio movie like, you know, I was in Yes Man, you do, you know, a page a day or two pages a day. It's it's a very, very slow process, um, which is sort of great and sort of maddening. Um, and then in voiceover, like, you move very, very fast. So one thing you have to be good at is cold reading um, because you may not, like, I never get the Naruto scripts ahead of time ever. Wow. And I never... I never have time to read them before I'm actually saying the words out loud. So it's a skill that you really wow. have to develop. Um, and if you're bad at cold reading or you have a learning deficiency or dyslexia, you know, I think it would be a very, very hard thing to do, especially when you're doing anime. Original animation would be easier because you, you know, sometimes you get the scripts beforehand. Um, but as far as anime goes, you just don't. So, you know, that would be hard. Um, and as far as the acting itself, I've found some on-camera actors when they cast them in big features, um, especially those big blockbuster ones. I mean, to me, half of them are wonderful and half of the people suck. And <laughs> the reason why they suck is because they 
they rely so much on their quirks or their looks or their little, you know, whatever they do, um, hair flips, and it doesn't work into a microphone. You just have to back it up with the acting. So, um, and, and animation is so much fun because you get to do so much stuff you would never get to do, you know, have emotions that range all over the place. And, and, you know, film work isn't like that a lot. So that's my long winded answer. No, it was it was a great answer. I think many of the the voice actors and actresses we've had on in the past are are almost exclusively voice actors and actresses. Maybe stage performances and whatnot, but yeah, um, it, I don't consider myself a voice. I mean, I consider myself an actress. I easily do, depending on the year, fifty <clears> percent <throat> of my job is on camera at least, mm -hmm. and. Um, and then I do theater, but the theater I do is usually for no pay or 20 bucks a show, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the theater for love of it. That's right. Yeah. And I do love it. So you've done a lot of work on other animated films in America, Rango and Ice Age, but Naruto seems like it's one of your own, your, perhaps your, your most major role in anime. And it's a very big role. It's my only role in anime. Your only role in anime. And everybody knows Naruto in Japan, yeah. America, Europe. So, how did you get into anime specifically, and could you see yourself doing more anime projects in the future, wh whether it be Naruto or something else? Um, I just auditioned for Naruto, and um, they brought me in and worked with me and then gave me the part. Um, when I auditioned, it was just like every other audition. I just read it and, and, and did a voice for it, and then I got called back. I didn't know what it was or how big it was until after I booked it and then I googled Naruto and I was like, oh my god, this thing is huge. <laughs> it's like, and, yeah. and it's only gotten bigger since since then. That was like eight years ago, seven years ago. So um, as far as doing anime, I don't do other anime. Um, it's a little hard for me to do other anime and anime doesn't pay as well as, a, as other jobs. Um, yeah, and Naruto that. I do so much of that you know i've almost been the lead in a few other of those anime projects or things based on anime and I, I honestly think it's such an iconic role that sometimes i may not get those parts because i'm doing naruto i get other parts but mm. um and as far as if i want to do more anime um not soon i mean i'm not opposed to it at all i, I just uh you know I, i'm pretty busy so yeah. if I did another anime project, it would either have to be a really good one or just a quick one, which I would love to, you know, just a quick couple, you know, couple hours or, um, you know, or one that paid really well. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't blame you on the last one. I think everyone's looking for jobs like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what type of characters interest you or what type of voice acting projects specifically? So... I mean, you said big anime or maybe a short one would be fun, but is there is there a type of character that you just think, oh, that, that character type's really fun to play? Well, I mean, Naruto is really fun to play because he has emotions, like psychotic emotions, you know? He's, <laughs> he's like, you know, he's nuts and then he's sad and then it's like he's battling someone to the death and then, you know, I mean, you, my God, I don't need therapy anymore because I, I get it all out in the booth. <laughs> You know, it's like I'm crying, I'm laughing. You know, um, maybe so, he's, maybe Naruto is a little bit bipolar. I think that might be a correct analysis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, 
Just a little. Just a bit. And certainly unmedicated. Um, but but anyway, I mean, that's a dream role. And um, obviously parts like his are one of my favorite parts to play because he's, you know, it, he's a, he's everything. You know, he's he's a hero, but he's also flawed. I mean, that's a perfect part. And it's funny, but it's also really, really, really dramatic. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are times that I've... Um, this is spinning off a bit from your original question, but I remember I had to do a couple scenes in the not too distant past where I had to, um, you know, I had to cry and it was, uh, you know, during some death stuff, death scenes. And, and at one point it must've been, I must've been kind of emotional that day, but just going through it and doing it, I, I honestly choked up in the booth, you know? Um, and I, it caught me by surprise, you know? Mm-hmm. that I was actually started to kind of cry and um, really feeling sort of emotional. Uh, that's happened to me a few times before in you know, on-camera acting, but never in animation. So that, so anyway, that's a great part to play. And then the other parts to play are just, I love playing bullies. <laughs> uh, there's something really fun about playing a bully um, and something really fun about playing someone who's really dumb. <laughs> There's plenty of those in anime, that's for there sure. There are, there are, and in animation in general. Yeah. Yeah. So, you you said that going into Naruto, you didn't know much about the, the anime itself, but what were some of your perceptions of anime and the anime community before going into it? What, what kind of thoughts did you have, or did you even know anything? I, I don't want to sound like an idiot, but... I really didn't know much. I mean, I knew, because I'd done a, the only other anime I've really done is I did a tiny role in Astro Boy, and for a hot second, I was almost cast as Astro Boy. I got very close, but Candy Milo got it. She's a friend of mine, and she's amazing and terrific. So that was my awareness right there. Um, And it just wasn't my thing. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, I didn't know anything about the culture of it. I didn't know how big it was, and influential and all the you know all the stories behind it and all the wonderful different story arcs and worlds that have been created by anime you know mm-hmm. um so i i really didn't it's been like an eye-opening experience you know so how has your perception of the i i, I guess that's how it's changed about anime itself but let's let's maybe shift it a little bit and how has your perception of the japanese anime community changed since working on Naruto? You mean the fans or the people that work on the show? Let's go with both. Um, well, I go to conventions and I meet a lot of fans and in general, I find them really creative and um, intelligent and uh, a lot of them are a lot of fun, you know? And, and you can't beat people that, you know, sew their own costumes all night and come as their favorite characters. I mean, I just think it's 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 fun and amazing and it's a great world and it's a great escape for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as I, I learn a lot about anime when I'm at conventions because I'm either doing panels with people that are on other shows that are talking about it or I'll turn to somebody who knows a lot more about it like Liam O'Brien and be like, what are they dressed as? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I bet or that what, happens what, a lot. There's a lot of strange yeah. things at conventions sometimes. <laughs> a lot of weird stuff, yeah. But I, I'm, you know, uh, so that's what I've learned a lot about. I, I kind of have a really 
huge respect for the art form, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really detailed storytelling, you know. Yeah, it's, I think, I granted, obviously, we're anime fans, but yeah. I definitely think there are some fantastic stories that just aren't translatable to any other medium, and that's one of the reasons why I know I love it. Agreed. Um, you know, and in keeping with that, I've heard rumors for a long time they're going to make a uh, live-action Naruto movie. Oh, my. I know, in, in the United States. And I, I just, first of all, I know they can do it, and they'll do it well, because, you know, that's what they do. But I just think, how are they going to take all of that <laughs> and put it into a movie? <laughs> you know? They're going to have to find a really hyper 10-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> really hyper. <laughs> right? And then, and then give him some sugar and caffeine yeah. for good measure. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, he has to be able to be funny, but also, you know, be able to break down into tears and fight. Yeah. <laughs> It, yeah. it it would be interesting to see uh to see that if it if it ever would come to fr fruition and get out of pre-production hell. <laughs> yeah. And and what would be what would they pick as the stories that they would tell? Yeah. You know, there's way too much there. I have an interesting question that that, that I heard on on one of our on our friend podcasts recently about the uh, the Hollywood industry and and the specifically voice acting. And and they asked the question, and I know that I know that primarily you're not an anime voice actress, but they they asked, you know, they thought that there was perhaps a negative opinion of people who do anime voices primarily in terms of the the overall grand voice acting industry. Hmm. And I was wondering if you had any kind of thought on that, and if you if you thought if you felt like that was true, or if maybe you thought that it wasn't true. You know, I I definitely think there used to be some truth to that. Um, for a long time because anime wasn't um you know it wasn't on tv here and or not very much oh. and um it wasn't on tv that much here and it wasn't people weren't that exposed that much to it as opposed to being exposed to the simpsons or you know tom and jerry or something like or spider-man um so um the people that did anime were doing it for very small markets if that makes sense it does I mean, absolutely as big as the community is it's still it's still a small, you know, it's still a small market, you know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, I think that there was some truth to that because and a lot of it was done non-union. Um, so union actors that are working on all these shows and big shows, you know, would just think, well, you know, I don't know what that is. I've never heard of it. And then it was full of non-union actors. So there was a little bit of bias there. Um, I see. But um, but then a lot of it started changing, you know, and a lot of it became more mainstream and a lot of it became union. And then all of a sudden people were doing it that, that you know, did other huge projects. And they're like, oh, <laughs> you know, and change people's opinions. Yeah, I know that we, that we interviewed Steve Bloom a while back and yeah. Steve Bloom is 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 a union actor. And of course, he's. And lots of anime, so yeah. Um, I guess that's just one example. So you mentioned conventions, and this is this is one of our favorite questions to ask our guests because <laughs> we've gotten some fantastic stories. So no pressure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but can you please share with us a funny or strange story from your time either at an anime convention or in the sound booth on Naruto? Um, yeah. Well, I was at this convention in New Zealand. And um, 
there was this guy. He was like this huge hulk of a man. <laughs> and he, I mean, really quite massive. And he had this long, black, curly hair. And, and I mean, he, he like, I mean, he just, he, he was like another world, you know. And, <laughs> and it kind of a crazy look in his eye. And he was sitting there kind of toward the front of the, the Q&A or whatever. And then I, I was sitting there afterwards doing autographs. And, and of course, he's so noticeable, this guy. And he started charging. Maybe I was done with autographs and trying to leave. And he started charging toward me. And I thought, what the hell is he going to do? Like, <laughs> he just looked like a madman. And he goes, Miss Flanagan. And I, I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he pulled out his hand and he said, I made this for you. And he had carved this necklace for me out of um, a traditional New Zealand necklace. Oh. Um, yeah. And he said, I made this for you. And inside was a poem that he wrote. It was inside a handmade thatched, uh, traditional thatched New Zealand kind of a wrapping. And inside was a poem that he wrote saying, welcome to our country. Thank you for coming here, you know, basically. And he said, thank you for coming here. And I made this for you. Welcome to our country. And he, it was so touching. I thought I was going to burst into tears. Oh. And he said that he, whenever people came to New Zealand, because it is far away, you know, yeah. when he would go up to them and politicians and, you know, Michael Jordan and, you know, and he would give them these little gifts because he's a local, he was a local artist there. So I thought that was a cool story. That's a wonderful that sounds, story. That sounds like a very memorable person. He he was completely memorable, and I still have the necklace. I still wear it. I love it. Yeah, I. That's that's one of the things that I've always loved is is how much love there is in the anime community. I think yeah. because everyone knows that as you as you said. I mean, we're we're a niche, and oftentimes get a bad rep by the rest of the world. So yeah, there's. Well, it's a friendly place. I mean, sometimes a little too friendly, if you know what I mean. But <laughs> like when I got the flu from my convention in Sacramento. Oh, that flu! I know. Yeah, uh, one of one of our voice actor tales was uh, someone going up to one of the voice actresses and asking if they could lick her face and being oh, no. genuinely disappointed when she said no. Oh my God, no, no! <laughs> I've had to sign some body parts and. Some woman asked me to sign her breast, and I was like, no, no, absolutely not. I'm drawing the line. And once in a while, they'll ask me to say stuff, and I learned my lesson the hard way. The first convention I went to, I kind of would say anything, because I just, I don't know, I didn't think about it. Then I I went home, and a couple months later, I was looking for an image, because I wanted to put it on, uh, I need to send an image to somebody, Naruto image. Sure enough, I find this horrible little animation with my voice coming <laughs> out of Naruto's body and all I kept saying was I'm hungry I'm hungry I'm hungry <sighs> made me laugh really hard <laughs> sounds like Naruto <laughs> yeah I want my ramen yeah but it was they've done some really weird stuff like that <laughs> and mostly it's a even if it's sort of offensive it kind of makes me laugh <laughs> So, so going back to Naruto um, yeah. and the voice acting side of it, over the series, Naruto has both grown as a character um, emotionally, 
and yeah. of course, and literally aged. Um, yes. So how have you had to adapt your your voice and overall mentality in approaching the character um, as this has occurred? Well, um, first of all, I had to... I kind of had to... Most people don't know this. I kind of had to re-audition. Huh. Um, which was kind of a shock to me. Uh, <laughs> but um, I kind of had to re-audition a little bit. And... You know, I don't know that there was ever a serious thought to not having me do it, but uh, anyway, I had to adjust my voice and make it deeper, um, just make him older, which I did and um, continue to do. And then there's a maturity that um, in the very first episodes where I was older and uh, the more mature Naruto, you know, my director, Mary Elizabeth McLean, who's fantastic, would be like, you know, this is, he's, he's more mature, you know. This is more life and death stakes and stuff like that. Um, it wasn't hard, but it was especially a big correction in the very, very beginning, mm-hmm. from the young to the old. Now, because I've done the old so much, when I go back to the young, sometimes I'll tend to sound too old because we do a lot of flashbacks. Right. So right. it's it's harder to sound like the very very young Naruto. <laughs> Not harder, but that's that takes a little more adjusting now than being old. Because generally I'm old now. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. It's like a, a pair of shoes that you break in, and then when you go back to an old pair, you're like, this still fits, but it's strange now. Yeah. That's a good... <laughs> hey, I'm going to steal that. Thanks. You, by all means, it would be my honor for you to steal that. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I understand that analogy as a, as, as a dude. I just, <laughs> oh, come on. I don't know. I'm, the same pair I'm, of tennis shoes. I'm going to send you a pair of really tight shoes. <laughs> And you'll get the damn analogy. <laughs> <laughs> says says he who owns literally two pairs of shoes. Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> Anyways, we have we have one more question just to wrap up. Um, one other thing that when we were looking at your your resume or your your list of work, um, how is how is working on a Western animation pro- uh, project different than working on a Japanese animation project? Well, for one thing, it's an original script. Uh, so you're sitting in a room with a lot of people as opposed to being alone in your own little world uh, <laughs> with three beeps for you to to start talking. So in a way, it can be a lot more creative. Um, it's also easier because uh, you're creating a character and you're not restricting yourself to um, matching lip flaps to what's already on the screen. So you can add a lot more... Um, noise in your line, you know, like a grunt or uh, a laugh or some pre-noise or, you know, Mm -hmm. take more of a, you get to create more. You definitely get to create more. Um, Not that anime isn't creative. It is. It's just creative in a more restricted environment. So um, I love doing original animation. I love doing Naruto, but I also love original animation. It's like doing a play and it's always fun to see how they end up animating it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of following up on that, just out of curiosity, because you've been in a bunch of, of big name movies and whatnot, and I'm out of the business, so I don't understand the process a hundred percent. But of course anime fans at conventions, when when they meet you, they have that oh my god type moment. Yeah. Um and and I've had that with various voice actors, of course, through through my life and, and actors and actresses. But is there any time working um, 
on probably a Western anime project or just a Western project in general that you've had a, oh my God, kind of moment. I know it sounds incredibly unprofessional, but... uh, It's also not unprofessional. I mean, I have those moments all the time. Uh, But the best moment ever was um, I worked for a long time on a show called Jakers, The Adventures of Piggly Winks. And I played the lead. And um, we, it was with Tara Strong and Pam Adlon and Charlie Adler and um, just an all-star group of um, actors. Candy Milo was in it as well. Um, just a really amazing, Rusi Taylor, who's the voice of Minnie Mouse and a thousand other oh. things. Um, and just, it was such a great experience. But anyway, Mel Brooks was also cast in it. Oh, he, wow. But he didn't record with us. He recorded at his home in New York. But he came out to California to do some promo pieces and recorded with us a little bit. We just did his sort of the stuff we did with him. We didn't do like entire episodes, but we did pieces of three episodes. And I got to work with him and and meet him. And I was just floored. I mean, he's a comedy hero. He's a genius and a legend. And... And I, I was starstruck. I mean, for sure, starstruck. Yeah. So that was one of my best ones. I love the producers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And most of the other, of the other things he's written. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and he's he's just as funny and amazing in person. You know, it's like you get you see what you get, and you know he's he's just a great guy. That's always so. wonderful when when you meet an actor or actress or, or someone famous or someone that you look up to in person and they turn out not to be a jerk. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I would say, for me, most of the time that's the case. Um, you know, there are some letdowns here and there, which I will not talk about. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, for the most part, you know, they people are, I don't know, I think the bigger the stars sometimes, it's like <clears throat> for many of them there's a reason why they're that big, you know. And yeah. part of it is their talent and, and luck, but part of it is sometimes they're just very nice people that people like and want to keep working, and then they work enough and they get famous. Well, speaking of very nice people in the industry, thank you so much for joining us on our, our little show. It's It's been wonderful talking to you. It's It's been a pleasure. Stay warm. Thank you so much. It's It's been a lot of fun. All right. You guys take care. You too.